welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my uh, co-host, Nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hello. And Mike Yozipovich. Hello. And today we are going to wrap up the rookie class by discussing the tight ends. And, uh, you know, we all, if you've been on DynastyNerds.com at all the last couple of months, you all know that I think uh, a real key element to winning a dynasty championship is, or any fantasy football championship is having an elite tight end. Uh, a tight end is a position where, you know, the talent gap or the talent in the top of the uh, the tight end pool is, you know, just few and far between. You know, you got Jimmy Graham, Julius Thomas, Rob Gronkowski, and then you got, you know, Vernon Davis and Jordan Cameron. But, you know, there's not a lot of mega superstars, and that's only really reserved for Julius Thomas, Jimmy Graham, and Rob Gronkowski. And Julius Thomas still is not set in stone, but it could be a huge, huge boost to your team. It gives you a huge edge over your opponent. Uh, for somebody to start in, somebody who's even a top 10 guy like Charles Clay or Martellus Bennett. You know, when your guy's getting you 30 points compared to the someone that's getting you nine points, it's a huge edge. Definitely when a lot of these games, definitely when it comes down to playoffs, where, you know, you're winning by a point or a couple points, that tight end's an edge that, you know, can, that can really give you. And I know, uh, talking earlier, that I know Mike's not really happy with this tight end class. Not that I'm not happy. I just don't see, uh, I just don't see a whole lot of, uh, potential like starting tight ends in this draft just a couple yeah well we'll see if we can turn that frown upside okay down, like. yeah it's not that hey you know i'm just being honest you what know? do you think man what's your overall consensus on the entire draft class uh i mean it's like mike was saying it's not like super deep i mean there's obviously the top three guys and i think really out of the out of them only eric ebron has the you know potential to be the elite type of tight end Exactly, I totally agree. And and then after that, I mean, you're you're kind of you know after those three, it's it's kind of you're shooting you're shooting darts at the wall. Hey, basically. I mean, with three still good. I mean, there's not every year you get you know. I I feel like I feel like this is a deep class for tight end, where usually you know there's the tight end group's not as like lucrative. You know, like a couple of years like Tyler Efert, or you know he was a cream of the crop, and that was pretty much it. And you know the last cream of the crop, uh, or last good tight end class i remember is aaron hernandez jimmy graham rob gronkowski jermaine gresham class uh yeah so, i don't know if you can add jermaine gresham in that class but yeah as a first round i mean he right. was the first tight end taken out of that class i mean i remember i took him in that draft class high i think with the first pick in the second round or two two and i remember i also took aaron gronkowski in the third round of that class and you took jimmy graham like yeah uh in the third round and i know aaron hernandez as well in the third round right right and it was weird, too, because I went back and looked at the history of uh, the Dynasty Nerds rookie drafts, and I saw a lot of good, a lot of the good tight ends go right around in the third round, which is right. Odd. Yeah, that, that's, that's where makes... the, I think that's where the value comes in, Right, too. I told yeah, that's, that's where the value's at. All right. So, you know, let's get into this draft class, and let's talk about value. And, you know, Eric Ebron, to me, uh, anywhere after, a, after the sixth pick in your rookie draft is value. Uh, he's somebody that I really, really like. 6'4", 240, got drafted by Detroit with the 10th overall pick in the NFL draft. He's extremely athletic. He gets in and out of his cuts really well. And what's really nice is their new offensive coordinator there, Joe Lombardi, was Sean Payne's assistant. And he knows what you can get out of Jimmy Graham. And he's got, and he's even a better situation. He's got Calvin Johnson to take help off of him. 
So, I mean, I, I see Eric Ebron being a strictly receiving tight end, and I see him being, you know, obviously tight ends take a couple of years to grow and actually start putting up numbers unless your name's Gronkowski. But Ebron, to me, seems like a surefire, I think, three years from now, top three, top four tight end. I love him. Yeah, he definitely has that kind of potential. Um, just the way he runs the field, he's he's really fast. He catches the ball well, and and he's a basically a big wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, top three might be pushing it a little bit, don't you think? I think he's a top five. It could be a potential top five down the road. I mean, three five. I mean, we're yeah. really picking hairs there. I uh, mean, uh, but we'll see. I mean, I you got to imagine three years from now. Who knows with Gronkowski's health, right? Um. And, you know, we still don't even know if Julius Thomas is going to resign, if that makes a difference in Denver or not. And, you know, obviously Jimmy Graham's and stuff. But three years, it's a, yeah, that's, fair enough. That's a, yeah. that's a lot of years okay. down the road. He'll be that. He's a new up and coming that I see. And obviously there'll be other drafts that come along as well. Yeah. I, I'm a really big fan of his game. And I know, Mike, you were talking, I know, on a podcast a couple months ago where you're like, ooh, Ebron's going to be a sneak guy. Right. Yeah, because I didn't Miami. know. Yeah, like in, I think it was in October, the Hurricanes were playing North Carolina, and he just tore them up, ate them up all over the place. I'm like, man, this guy is really good. And up until that point, I didn't really know who he was, you know? And uh, really, to be honest, I didn't know who he was at all, but I was like, man, this guy's really friggin' good. I'm gonna just, you know, put a little mental note. I think he had 199 receiving yards. Dude just was open all day long, you know, just got behind the linebackers and made every catch. I'm like, oh, man, this is definitely going to be one of those sneak guys I take in Dynasty, and I'm just going to, it's going to be a steal. Well, so lo and behold, like the next day I'm at work, I look up uh, rookie mock drafts, the NFL mock drafts, and he was already slated in the top, like, 12 or 13. I'm like, eh, I guess I was late to the... Ebron game. Yeah, yeah, late to the Ebron game, but dude, this is definitely a stud. Yeah, he's been the number one on my board pretty much all year. I mean, again, his athleticism just, is just... It just it puts him above and beyond everybody else. He's just so big. I mean, he's not as big as you know, Severian Jenkins and Amaro, who are six five, but still six four. I mean, again, we're talking an inch here. Um, and I just like his situation: playing in a dome, playing with Calvin, playing with Stafford, two legit running backs. With I mean, R- Reggie Bush won't be there by the time he breaks out, but still, I mean, he's a really good offense. I like what Golden Tate is doing there. And again, I think Joe Lombardi is going to be a huge asset for Ebron in his development and his long term. Uh, success. So, I mean, can we all can we all agree that you know a top six consensus rookie pick? Yes. I mean, I'm yeah, top five, five, type, yeah. top five, top six type of. Yeah, pick. I mean, if you have, I guess just depending on team need, but yeah, yeah you know, definitely. To, yeah. And but if you know, say you have a big hole at tight end, or not even like a big hole. Say you say you have Martellus Bennett again. I'm not trying to point like, oh, Martellus Bennett's a horrible thing to have, but he's not going to win you a championship. He's just using him as an example. He's in a piece and. Yeah, I mean, you could you could easily just say Greg Olson or one of those other guys. Yeah. It's just a replaceable type of... Interchangeable part. Yeah, they're just... Startable. They're startable, startable but they're... Replaceable. They're replaceable. You can get another one. I like Greg Olson this year, too. Yeah, I like that's Greg Olson. Yeah. For this year. But yeah, exactly. That's the that's thing, with it, and that's what I'm talking about before, that edge, because, you know, you get those guys like Greg Olson. Um, you know, people are talking about Zach Ertz this year, but Greg Olson, Charles Clay, Vernon Davis. And you know, same thing with the big, my biggest beef with Vernon Davis is... You know, every time we talk about top tight ends, his name comes up is, 
yeah, he has these huge 20-point games, 18-point games, but he'll follow it up with, like, a five-point game. Right. He's right. very, in, very He's inconsistent. Very yeah. inconsistent. His so. stats look good at the end of the year, and he always ranks in, like, the top five, but you never know what you're going to get out of that guy. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what he has those big games to give. And that's kind of like one thing you don't want. I'd rather much. I mean, I'm sure everyone would rather have that consistency than that huge game than a crap game. Yeah, you know? consistency so. is the most important thing. If you can't trust a guy to put in your starting lineup, I mean, you, it's it's not good. Again, Vern, I've always felt that way about Vern Davis. He's somebody that if I had my team that I would I would try and trade again just because he's too inconsistent. For Second, me. he like goes off in a game. You know, you just try to sell that. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, Ebron to me. I, I like him a lot. Uh, he was somebody, if, and all my leagues, except for one, my dynasty leagues, I don't really need a tight end at all. And that was the big thing. It's like, I, I just wish I was in a position to even draft him. And so far, I've been in two rookie drafts, and uh, I've had two of my actual real dynasty drafts, and E. Brown's been gone. Um, one pick I had to six pick, and he was gone at five. And then another league I had the 10th pick, and he went at seven. So that's what, you know, he's consistently going there. And then I remember the guy that picked at seven, or no, it was eight. I'm sorry. He couldn't believe it was there at eight. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe Ebron slipped this far. I yeah. can't believe he was yeah, there at eight, no to be kidding. honest. Right. Man. Well, this draft, they're talking about kicking a guy out. <laughs> I, if I told you guys, I'll tell you guys, uh, I'll tell it now. The number one pick in this rookie draft, and this guy's been playing Dines for a long time, was Johnny Manziel. I have no idea. What? It was the craziest thing. That's horrible. I got, I got Man, there's probably emails. a reason he's picking number one. Right, yeah. exactly. Well, we got, I got texts Jeez. and emails, and everybody was talking about him. Like, you know, this guy consistently is bringing down this team in the league. But it was crazy. So that's why he was available, just to let you know. But moving on, you know, if you guys all, if you guys had the number one pick, please don't take Johnny Manziel at all. You yeah. want to take him into the last pick in the first round, you know, unless you're in a TQB league. I, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, so moving on, let's, so Ebron's consensus, number one tight end. Let's move on to the number two tight end that we hit, that was drafted. Now there's going to be number two on our boards, but he was just drafted in the second round, 38th overall, uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins by the Tampa Bay Bucks, 6'5", 262. Um, and he's going to somewhere where they have really big receivers and Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson. Uh, you know, Tommy just wrote. And you can follow him on Twitter at Dynasty Tommy. Just wrote a really good article on Safarian Jenkins and why he thinks he could be a poor man's or close to a Gronkowski. And I know all year Tommy's really big, been big on Safarian Jenkins. So, you know, if you want to see a lot of good pros on Safarian Jenkins, uh, get on DynastyNerds.com and check out that article about Safarian Jenkins. And he could be uh, a really good tight end. I like him. I like his size. I like everything he brings to the table like a situation the one thing i don't like i was gonna say i like the situation is they go in tampa bay and what i don't like there is lovey smith is a coach and i don't like that jeff tedford is the offensive coordinator they run a run-based offense and i still think safarian jenkins is going to do well but i think they kind of i think they're going to run the ball a lot you, you just took a top 10 pick in mike evans and you got vincent jackson so I think that kind of hurts him a little bit. I do think he could be a red zone monster. Yeah, I agree. I think he's more of a red zone guy. I, I don't think he's going to blow up the stats, uh, you know. Um, I think, he, especially right off the bat. That's what I was going to say. You know, like maybe long term he might, you know, he might develop into that. But I think just right off the bat he's going to be someone in the red zone. But they have other guys that do the exact same thing. Right, so he's one of three guys that's six foot five. Right. So I mean here's who knows how who how that's gonna actually fall. You know, who's yeah, gonna they be could... the guy that's open? Who's gonna be the guy? I mean, most likely 
the the you know Vincent Jackson, the, the veteran guy, is going to get double teamed down there. Yeah. So that'll leave Mike Evans and Safarian Jenkins. You know, probably one on one, at least one of them. Yeah. So, but you never know who's who's it going to. Really and they be. have a questionable quarterback situation. We don't know I, their quarterback I really the don't like yeah. the quarterback situation. I don't. Either. I don't know. There's some people that are high on Josh McCown, and I I don't I, like that. I'm not. In, I'm not. I don't into think that. there's really any reason to be high on that guy. Backup, yeah, backup quarterback, backup quarterback for life. It, seen the book, in the movie, read the book, seen the movie. Those backup guys. Uh, no thanks. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, let's look at a dynasty aspect of it and go three years ahead, where we expect this guy to really succeed. Uh, the quarterback that they're going to have on their roster then will probably be drafted next year in the 2015 mm-hmm. draft. True. Vincent Jackson will be at the end of his career. He'll be about 34 then as well. So at the same time, as you could say. I, you know, if we all ex- expect Mike Evans to turn out to what he's going to be, which is a really successful number one wide receiver, then he'll be the one double teamed. And maybe that really does open up stuff for Jenkins. And he can be that Gronkowski. Cause, I mean, let's face it now. I mean, Gronk's one of a kind. To me, he's the number one tight end out there when healthy. But the huge part of Gronk's game is touchdowns. He scores a lot of touchdowns. Double digit touchdown- touchdowns are hard to come by. And Safarian Jenkins gives you that, that upside. Um, to me, him and Amaro, they're so close. I mean, they really are. It's it's kind of hard to see who I like more. And, you know, I know originally it was Austin Safarian Jenkins for me, but now I've kind of slowly turned the table and moved on to Amaro as my number two. They're both so close to me, you can't go really wrong. But in a PPR kind of league, I would go Amaro. If it was a standard league, I'd go Jenkins. But a PPR, I'm going Amaro. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you there. I just like the way that they're talking about using Amaro. They've already said that they're putting him all over the formation and he's going to be all over the field. And that just gives him a lot more opportunities. If he's learning all those positions and he gets them down, I mean. I mean that's like basically what he did in college too. He's a wide receiver, absolutely. you know, yeah, with that tight end label. So. And he caught, he caught a ton of passes too. At Texas so. Tech, he lined up in the slot 90% of the time. So right. he's essentially oh. six foot five, two sixty five receiver in new york right yeah and they're gonna use him that way and let's face it they have nobody else besides eric decker i mean we'll see what stephen hill can do this year i'm not really overly optimistic no i think yeah the one time georgia tech guy coming out that i was really big on yeah years ago he's really kind of flamed out i think everybody was though it just hasn't panned out maybe this is the last hoorah for him calvin and damaris panned out right stephen hill didn't two out of three and too shabby but yeah i like amaro i mean New York's not great, but Geno's the quarterback of the future there. They're going to they're gonna grow together. He's going to need a security b- blanket, so why not use a big 6'5 guy that's going to run in your slot? I mean, Morrow's going to be a matchup nightmare for these linebackers. And so for a PPR league, I mean, just strictly on catches, he might not be, you know, he's not going to come in and score a lot of touchdowns, possibly. Right, yeah. But for receptions-wise, I mean, we can get your 60 receptions you know, even on his rookie year, you know, 800 yards, that's a pretty solid rookie year. Yeah, I almost kind of see him in, like, I have him ranked back-to-back, and I'm kind of like you, Rich. I think um, I would probably go with Amaro now, but originally there are my last rankings. I had Safarian Jenkins one spot ahead. But I think, like, they're maybe, like, opposite where I th- see Safarian Jenkins being a tight, uh, touchdown guy, maybe not too many receptions, not too many yards, you know, over and. Amaro being the receiving yeah, yards and re- yeah, and getting tons of receptions, and and for me that's more reliable. Getting a ton of receptions, yeah. I mean that. Oh, well, you can count on that. that can, yeah, week to week, you can count on getting you know, eventually when he you know when he's like established, you know, five catches, for yeah, 
70 yards or something like that. Yeah. That's perfect. I mean, you, you know you're going to get 12 points versus Aaron exactly. Jenkins. Who knows? You know, if he's touchdown dependent, you, you're up one week, down another. Right. It's, I mean, it's the key to fantasy football in right. these PPR leagues. And, you know, PPR right now, I think, is the most dominant form of fantasy football. And let's face it, Antonio Brown is not the number five tight receiver in all of NFL. When it comes to fantasy football, when you catch 100 footballs, you know what? You're a top five fantasy football receiver strictly on the aspect on a PPR um, point of view. So if Amaro can come in and he can catch a lot of balls like a Jason Witten, then he's going to be in top five tight end category just because the, the points are going to add up. Yeah, you know, he, right. He's catching six points a game for 30 yards. He's, he's giving you nine points. Again, that's what we talked about earlier. You don't want to be at that point. You want to get around 15 to 20 points out of your tight end. Maybe, you know, to that real elite tight end one. But still, you know, nine, 10 points a game, 11 points a game is way better than three points a game or zero points a game. Right. And th- and I don't necessarily think Austin Safarian Jenkins or Jason Mara are going to be the tight end one, like the elite. No, guys. I don't think so, so either. That's I, why you know. I kind of think, I think you're going to get a consistent guy that's, you know, he's going to be a startable guy, but I don't think he's going to be one of those elite difference makers. No, I, I agree. I think that, like at the end of the day, they're going to be like guys that, you know, if, if they, if they pan out anywhere from nine to 13, 14 and tight end rankings yeah, or see, that's something where I like that. I disagree completely with you guys here where if they do, see, I think they get, they have the chance to be really consistent tight ends and like the low ends, you know, like those guys we're talking about, um, like a Martellus Benz. That's where I see like they're low end. But I do think yeah. they have the potential as like low end tight end receiver, you know, tight end ones. I think they have a ceiling. Now, do will they both turn out to that? No, but I mean, I think they have a ceiling. Like you're saying, they, if they pan out, uh, you know, that's where you see them. I think if they pan out, then they're low end. You know, I think they're they can get up to that like Vernon Davis kind of category. That's where I that's where I see their high end. You know, I think they actually do have higher ceilings than you guys are giving them. Um, I mean, where do you guys see them getting drafted in rookie drafts? I think I think they'll be going second, in the second. Yeah, round. they're second yeah. round guys. There you go. I mean, in this well, because there's always draft, that chance. I mean, a, well, so you know. yeah. I mean. It's the point, the chance. I see them having a chance yeah. to be really good tight ends. But I think, see, at the end of the day, like, if you're asking me 12 years from now where I see them, I see them being, like, Greg Olson-type guys, those ones that are like, eh, you know, you're anywhere from 10 to 12 on the tight end rankings. I, I mean, think, I think there's a huge drop-off from Ebron down to the next two. Right. And then after that, it yeah, was like a drop huge drop-off. Like, I, you know. Right. I think, Jay, I think Jace Amaro kind of has the... I think his very, very highest ceiling would be like a Jason Witten type of guy that catches yeah. a ton of passes. Well, that's, that's, that, that, that's a that, yeah, 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 right. Yeah, Elite I mean, tight end that, one status. Right? That is like kind of shooting for the stars, though, with that guy. I'm not sure that he's going to actually gonna get shoot, there. You're going to shoot, baby, shoot for the stars. I know. I just don't know if he's going to actually get there. So I, I, a safer bet for me is kind of one of those, you know, startable guys. That's where I Yeah. I mean, what's, what hurts them most uh, in my eyes right now is both of them, their quarterbacks aren't really well like you don't know, and obviously in Tampa Bay, like we discussed, we don't know who it's going to be. We don't know where we're going to get Geno Smith. Where Ebron not only does have the league talent, he's got Matt Stafford as well. So, but we can all agree that those are the top three tight ends. Definite top three, right there. So there, they, they were both drafted in the second round, and there was one more tight end taken in the second round, and that was Troy Nicholas out of Notre Dame, who is stands at a towering six six two seventy. Uh, he just broke his hand recently, so he's going to miss a lot of camp and. You know, worst case for Nicholas, I mean, he came out of the league known as, like, kind of a blocker who can play some offense, and he had some potential upside depending where he landed, and he landed in a worse situation there in Arizona with Bruce Arians, who is notorious for, uh, you know. 
underutilizing his tight ends. Yes. I mean, that's, that, yeah. that's really all you can say. I mean, he just uses them as blockers. And at six foot six, two seventy, I mean, he's only a couple cheeseburgers away from being a tackle. That's so. <laughs> I, I, I think that's what he's going to use Des mostly just a blocking tight end, right? And and, and I think Nichols will be good for an NFL team. You know, like the typical line we always say on some guys. I think he, he'll be a good tight end. He's just not a good fantasy tight end, right. obviously. So I had him agree with you. There. Basically, yeah. off my board, I can't really take anyone off my board because i'm crazy yeah you can't <laughs> but well because we're asked to rank everybody right. you got to put a number by him so right. but, yeah i mean the broken hands a concern he had he already had sports hernia surgery so he's he's a big guy that can obviously you know be hurt obviously anybody can be hurt he mixes uh, it up quite Superman. a bit yeah um well he's got i guess he can be hurt too but uh yeah i mean he's just he's not worth i mean i guess he's worth drafting what round i don't know no i wouldn't draft him I mean, I wouldn't draft him all, but maybe in, like, the fifth round. Yeah, he's got, I mean, prob- sure. where did he go in our draft? Sure. I can't remember. He went too high. Yeah. Too high. Yeah. Mike took him in the third round. Yeah, I, I think it was the third round. Not this Mike. Yeah, not, not me. Not Mike. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, he's off all our, none of us would draft him. Just bad. Let somebody else draft him and let somebody else, like, the next guy we're talking about, uh, hopefully we'll go after him. And the 65th pick in the third round, C.J. Fedorowicz. Fedorowicz. Uh, six five two sixty five. Going to Houston, and he will play the Y tight end in O'Brien's offense, which is how he used Gronk in New England, which is really good upside for Fedorowicz. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of competition. He's uh, competing with Ryan Griffin, who I'm not. You know, he looked all right last year. He was kind of like a little shot in the arm. Um, and I know Greg Cassell called Fedorowicz a poor man's Gronk. So, you know, playing the inline tight end in O'Brien's offense is a good thing. So Fedorowicz does have a lot of upside. And I know, Matt, you drafted him in our recent rookie uh, draft. And where did you take him? Um, I think, yeah, fourth round, I believe. That's yeah, I value. think that, that sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's usually where I try to take a shot on a, a developmental type, type of tight end, like almost every year, fourth or fifth round. I, that's where I got Julius Thomas and uh, Jordan Cameron. Oh, okay. I got one in the fourth and one in the fifth. Good track record. You might as well keep going with yeah, it. Yeah, so right? I mean, I kind of, I kind of try to pluck one every year, and and hopefully they develop. And, and I they... probably wouldn't have gave either one of those guys much run either, mm. you know, at the time. So right, man, right. maybe he'll pan out. So I mean, I the things that attracted me to him or whatever are uh, <laughs> are the, are, I mean, are his dreamy eyes. He's so attractive. That great name and uh, the fact that he's in Bill O'Brien's. Bill, Bill O'Brien's offense, like you were saying, I mean, just the upside of being in that New England style offense, a tight end, and mm-hmm. that is just too too good to pass up in the fourth round. Yeah, I see a lot of upside with this guy, and I think uh, fourth round is really good value. And if you really need a tight end there, uh, I know you took him in like the ninth pick in the fourth round too, somewhere. Yeah, around late. There as well. Yeah, late, definitely. I think eighth. Yeah. So he's somebody that's gonna get a lot of run, but I mean, he's got good upside. He's got he's definitely worth a dynasty gamble and. If you need a tight end and you have a high fourth round pick, you know, it's, I don't think that's a reach whatsoever. Um, he could be one of those guys that we talk about before. You know, it's always those later tight ends that turn out to be pretty good. He could be that guy in this yeah. draft class. There's always, there's always someone, there, one of these guys that I say I don't like, one of these guys is going to pan out. I oh, mean, for absolutely. sure. So, I mean, that's why they're all, you know, they're, they're worth taking at some point and, you know, just do your research and stuff, you know. And Matt's telling you he likes CJ Fedorowicz. So it's, Hey, it might be him. It's on the record now. It's on the record. 
Yeah, and you can see our uh, Dynasty Nerds annual rookie draft results on DynastyNerds.com. So, yeah, check those out. I uh, gave you my little analysis on all the draft picks, and uh, I like the Fedora Woods pick. Thank so, you, Richard. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm here for, support. Uh, next pick in the third round. With Just like a jock pick. strap. <laughs> support. <laughs> Don't call me jock. <laughs> smells like one, too. Oh, oh, cold-blooded. Uh, Richard Rogers. Let's talk about him. And he is 6'4", 257, taken by the Green Bay Packers. Uh, just some good stuff coming out about camp that he's shining in OTAs. And he looked well. Um, he, the thing that concerns me with Richard Rodgers is I couldn't even watch anything on him. He, didn't have a, he doesn't have a lot of tape. He only had 11 starts at Cal. Uh, he, his career, he has 59 catches, 896 yards, and two touchdowns. He, runs a four, he ran a 4.87. Um, he's had tons of injuries, ankle, shoulder, foot, thumb injuries already, too. So there's a lot of ifs about yeah, he sounds, Richard Rodgers. He sounds, if you just wrote that down on a piece of paper, he sounds terrible, you know? <laughs> And it's come out, you know, they took him in the third round. I mean, and, you know, Ted Thompson's he's a good drafter. He really right, is. Yeah. I, I have a con- I have a lot of confidence in him. But and even they, they've got no one else to play the tight end. No position. one else. No That's one else established. Right. Except for Colt Lairla. <laughs> but they did pick up Colt Lairla as Mike undrafted, undrafted free agents. I don't hate him. I just you know, I just think they're over uh I mean, especially this year, I just feel like oh, wow. I mean we're just going- over the top. We're going in. We're going in draft order here, but let's just talk. Because I mean, this is where well, it's we're like talking about the Packers, to. right? So yeah. might as well just bring so, them up, right? You know, he's Colt Lairla, six four two forty seven. Who I'm a big fan of. He he's a big fan of the cocaine, uh, or was allegedly allegedly a fan of the cocaine. And it's funny because he's compared to Aaron Hernandez, and they're both very you know big. You know, he was at Oregon, left the team, got busted with coke. Um, he hasn't shot anybody yet, so that's a good thing. And that you, you know, know of. Like I just read Richard Rogers' stats, you know his his career stats of fifty nine catches, eight hundred ninety six yards, and two touchdowns. Uh last year Colt Lairla in four games had thirty four catches, five hundred sixty five yards, and eleven. Way touchdowns. different, way different offense though, 11, man. And runs way, a four six one. I mean, I mean a different offense, you know. I mean Oregon sweet, Cal not not so sweet. sweet. Yeah. What's the opposite of good? Yeah, bad. So cat. You got Marcus Mariota. I mean, it's like, <laughs> or, I, I don't Marcus know. Marcus Mariota. <laughs> uh, no, I agree with you there, Mike. But, uh, I mean, see, before before reading these reports about Richard Rodgers coming out, you know, just recently, I would have said for sure, I'm taking I'm taking my game on Colt Lairlet. And I'm, let me put it this way, I'm in a rookie draft that's ongoing right now. And we are in the fourth round. And I have the 10th pick. And the best players on my board are Richard Rodgers and Colt Lairlet. And I'm I pick up. I think we're doing this draft by email, and you you're know, in the fourth round. You're not quite sure if you're doing it by email yet. No, we are doing. Oh, it. Okay. I'm not All so right. sure on who I. I think I'm a pick between these two guys, and I'm literally I'm like, well, do I take Richard Rodgers and read the report, read, take the reports, or do I stick with my gut and take Colt Lairla? Stick, stick with, with your gut, gut man. yeah, man. You got to stick with your gut. OTA reports are bogus. I know. I'm. The, They're all glowing. Everyone's everyone's smelling like roses during it's OTAs. It's not just that. He was a third round pick. I mean, yeah, the Packers as well. But like, I mean, I, I like Colt Lair. I mean, just, I mean, yeah, I like Colt Lair. I like his athleticism. I like that. The, you know that uh, Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb are free agents, and they're going to need more weapons. Maybe they go to a two tight end set. Yeah, from an athletic standpoint, I don't. I don't think these two guys are even close to He's be a super freaky. Yeah, Colt Lair is way better. And 
for my money in the fourth round, I'm going with the guy that I think has a has the most upside, and that's Colt Lairla. Bottom line. Michael? Um, I, I just wouldn't draft either of them. I don't know. I'm just not into either of them. Richard Rodgers, I wouldn't draft at all unless the only, I mean, he's on the Packers, so, like, you got it. They have no tight end, and he's got Aaron Rodgers. That's the only reason I would even just, like, even consider him at all. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't draft him like at all. hates these tight end, this tight end class. Yeah, I'm just not a fan. His, his, he had a smile for, like, two seconds, and then we started talking about the Packers tight end. Yeah, I just don't so like So frown. And I mean, like. He figures he, he's got Jimmy Graham in our league, and he's like, ah. I'm good. <laughs> tight I'm, ends. Who needs him? Yeah, I'm Akasa good. King. <laughs> so, well, Richard Rodgers, Colt Lerla. Um, I'm going to endorse Colt Lerla. Yeah, I mean, me but too. in your situation, yeah, you go with your gut, man. That'd be one thing. That'd be, you know, bad you would regret it if he ends up being a stud and you didn't take him I, yeah that's you know what i mean it'd be like point. if you i don't know i'm just gonna just throw trying to think of an example it'd be like maybe one year if you really wanted to take matt forte and you took kevin smith or something you know some, some jerk totally convinced you yeah to you know kevin smith. right and you just regret that a little backstory on that real quick uh the the matt forte kevin smith draft rookie draft however long How's that like oh seven oh six yeah. something like that mike comes walking through the door and i'm like oh who are you taking he's like i'm taking matt forte man love him i'm like over kevin smith He's like, yeah, and I'm like, the guy who almost who broke Barry Sanders' rushing record, I'm taking Kevin Smith, man. And Mike's like, mm. and he took Kevin Smith. Yeah, I got then. sold. I got sold. Totally regretted. Yeah, ever regretted. Since. Yep, ever since. So yeah, salesman. moral of the story is go with your gut. You <laughs> Don't know? listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, listen to me. Uh, so, <laughs> so moving on, the 99th pick in the whole entire draft in the third round third round with the best name of amongst all these tight ends crockett gilmore the baltimore 6'6, 260 uh his competition is owen daniels and dennis pitta daniels is not gonna be there only for longer than one year pitta's gonna be there for longer he's the guy that is gonna have to get you know learn an nfl game he's for sure gonna take three years to probably get there but he's in a good situation they'll have a lot of offensive weapons some of that i drafted in our rookie draft at in the fifth round with the seventh pick in his fifth round, who I thought was great value there, Crockett Gilmore. I don't know if it was the name. I don't know if it was a 6'6", 260, but, you know, I like the upside in Crockett Gilmore. Again, fifth round pick, long shot. Ravens, I mean, they have a good track record, right? Third round, yeah. third round pick to be uh third round, right? Oh, fifth round in my rookie draft. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He is sorry. a third round pick, yeah. Yes. So right. a third round pick in this draft, anybody that goes as high, that you know, Ozzie Newsome, Likes yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, right. so, got a good showed, track record. He showed well at the the Senior Bowl too. I mean, he scored a touchdown in that game. He, and and the offense that they're going to be running there in Baltimore now is the you know Gary Gary Kubiak brought it over, and um, they run a lot of two tight end wild sets. So if he sticks long term, Gary Kubiak, that is, um, Crockett Gilmore is going to see the field a lot when Owen Daniels moves on. Yeah, so I mean, he's obviously I drafted him, so I like him, and. We won't ask Mike because we know Mike doesn't like him. Yeah, Mike, no, just, I'm just, Mike just you know, doesn't hey, like I would, I would rather just take a wide receiver. No, I sure. You. But, you know, Crockett Gilmore, Baltimore, good situation, good size, you know, 6'6", 260, shows he's going to be light on his feet as well. I like him, yeah. Um, 
he's he's definitely a good gamble late in your you know your rookie draft um fifth and round early fifth round right around there that's where he'll be hanging out too and these are the type of guys i love grabbing late man they just have upside i mean he got drafted in the third round that's that's really good value when you're getting him in the fifth round of your rookie draft yeah exactly i mean yeah definitely when somebody like colt Lerla is gonna go higher than was undrafted and you have a third round guy taken by somebody like ozzy newsome right um is good value uh the next guy taken by you know detroit you know, they took Eric Ebron at 110, but in the fourth round with the 136 overall pick, they took Larry Webster, 6'6", 252, small school prospect, played at Bloomsburg. He played basketball. So he's one of these guys that are bas- he's a basketball player, so there's pretty much no, no tape on this guy. Um, but, you know, again, even though they took a tight end already, they went they stuck to their board and took another tight end in the fourth round. Um, again, he played basketball. We're looking at Antonio Gates. Julius Thomas, Jordan Cameron, um, Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Graham, yeah, Tony Gate, yeah. So the best tight ends in the league, yeah, are the Larry Websters that are coming out. Tony there. Gonzalez is who I was thinking of the other Tony one. Tony G. Yeah. So you know, yeah, it's Larry... definitely like a trend that seems to be, you know. But eventually, there's going to be so many of them that, and then they're going to start not panning out. So you got to separate the, you know, the good from the bad. I I don't know a whole lot about them. You know, but I mean, you got to be somewhat intrigued by that. He went undrafted in our rookie draft. Yeah. So he he's right now a waiver wire pickup. And, yeah. You know, and then they got Joseph Faria there as well, right. who's the same kind of size as him. So he's not somebody you might not want to draft, but somebody to keep your eye keep on. Keep your eye I on. I think he's right. a watch list guy. Yeah. You yeah. throw him on your watch list, you see how he's doing in camp, and, and, and probably he'll probably end up, you know, being on a practice squad, most likely. That's where I see him, too. But, you know, again, Larry Webster, remember the name. He's a tight end that might come down the road that can help your team. Um, Again, fourth-round pick, 6'6", former basketball player, Larry Webster, Detroit Lions. Watch him. See see how he trains. Again, like Matt said, watch training camp and keep your ear to the ground, Tonto. Um, Next guy, taken in the fifth round, 155th pick. Arthur Lynch to Miami, 6'5", 258. I see him not really having a lot of value at all. I see him being a block and tight end, and Charles Clay is going to be the receiving tight end. And they still have, you know, 2013 fourth-round pick, Deion Sims, and then Michael Agnew's doo-doo. I don't want to talk about Michael Agnew. <laughs> doo-doo. He makes me frown just as much as Mike is frowning right now. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I don't see... Arthur Lynch is not even on any of my rookie boards as draftable player. I mean, he's somebody that should be right on the waiver wire, um, and I don't see any upside with him whatsoever. No. I really, I, I don't see much upside in many of the guys that are left. No, no, me neither. We're not going to talk yeah, about two more. I was going to say there's only a couple more probably that. Mike, your quick hate take on Arthur Lynch? Yeah, I would just pass. I would definitely would take a wide receiver, or <laughs> you know. It, ooh, in a quarterback the, or yeah, uh, or a quarterback, any because that that's a little bit deeper. I feel like the talent, well, yeah, there yeah. is better than the tight end talent. Would you maybe take a kicker in the sixth round? I've drafted him? a kicker before. I, so have I. Yeah. I, I actually, yeah. I have I have a great article up. Yeah, right now I on actually, I really liked that. your article. Thank you. Uh, I yeah, did like DynastyNerds.com and check out Matt's newest article on. I thought it was a genius idea. If you have a taxi squad. But wait, well, let's, let's be honest. You stumbled into that, though. I thought of it. It's not like I stumbled oh, into it. Oh, man. I feel like when I read that, I was like, he definitely stumbled See, I dra- into that. I drafted Mason no, I drafted Crosby. it with that, with that plan with in that, mind. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, then yeah. you're a genius, man. I, I got to 
I mean, with your draft this year and the few moves that you've made, you're, you're, you're stepping up, man. Yeah, I mean, I really highly recommend if you have a taxi squad and you can move people from the taxi squad to your roster and you own those rights, Matt has a great idea what to do by drafting a kicker and how it frees up a spot on your roster yeah. without cutting somebody. Well, let's not give it away. Go to DynastyNerds.com and, yes. and read the article. It's, it's good. Genius. Yeah, it's good. It's genius. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, so, the la- you know, moving on, Ted Bolzer. Uh, you got drafted by the Redskins, seventh round, two seventeen. I mean, he's nice size. Uh, he can catch. Um, he's not really a good blocker, um, and he's really not athletic enough to stretch the field. They have Jordan Reed there, seventh rounder. Ted Bowles, I don't. Not I'll pass. pass. Yeah, yeah. Pass. he's gonna be a. I mean, he didn't get I mean, drafted he, in our league, did he's he? Probably gonna no. be a practice squad guy, right? Yeah, and then. And, and for example, just to just for comparison on terms of like value, what's there? You drafted Tom Savage in the last round. Yeah, I would. I mean, you know, that's not even take Tom Savage. Right. Yeah, this I'm, guy, I'm saying almost all these guys are undraftable. I mean, next guy, Rob Blanchflower in Pittsburgh. He's a solid blocker and can catch. And he's got again. I don't think you should draft him in your rookie draft, but he's somebody you might want to keep your eye on as well. Definitely Heath Miller kind of getting up there, um, and at the end of his rope. So. Um, Rob Blanchflower in Pittsburgh was the last tight end taken with the 230th pick in this draft, and he's just somebody you kind of want to... Especially with the Steelers, you know, good track, good team. You yeah. Know, so. And I know there was one, I know we were talking last week, Matt, there was one tight end that went undrafted that you liked? Um, A.C. Leonard, I mean, he's just, he went to a good situation with the Vikings and, and Norvell Turner, and he's an athletic freak. I mean, at, he's a little shorter at 6'2", so he might even... I don't know if he's going to fall into the H-back type of uh, role in, in, in the NFL, but running a 4-5 is, is amazing at that, at that size either way. So I think Norvell can get the most out of him either way if he ends up making that team. Yeah, I mean. So he's another, he's another guy to just keep an eye on. I don't think I would draft him or anything like that, but he definitely has some potential if he makes that team. Okay. So those Fair are enough. the tight ends. And, you know, to recap, Ebron, top six pick, get him, get it while the getting's good. Yes. Uh, Safarian Jenkins and Jason Morrow, second-round players that mm-hmm. should be drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I think their ceiling's a little bit higher than these guys, but, you know, I'm an optimist. And, you know, after that, we like Fedorowicz, and we like possibly Crockett Gilmore. Yeah, both those guys in, like, the, the you know, probably Fedorowicz in the fourth. Uh, Crockett, probably you can get him in the fifth. And then Richard Rodgers is probably draftable, too, and that's probably sums yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, he's draftable just because of situation. Yeah, don't right. forget about Colt Lairla. Well, yeah, Colt either Lairla. one of those guys. Yeah, those I mean, guys. it depends on when your draft is. I think, like, we were just talking about this off the, uh, off the mics one time, but, like, if your draft's later, like, say, August or something like that, take a look at the depth charts and right. see what's going on and just keep an eye on the Packers' uh step chart at tight end someone's got to play there right and i'm sure one of them will be have to make some kind of impact of some yeah, sort yeah they need tight end so someone will someone will be on the you know yeah. one of those guys will likely be starting and um again if you get in dynastynerds.com i know i had a repost up there of you know it's called entitled can tight ends win you a championship my article i wrote and i really break down the importance of a tight end and how i break down the difference of what you you know the point difference and you know, how much it can help you and how, how good it is to have one of those lead tight ends compared to the point difference between Jimmy Graham and the fifth tight end like Jordan Cameron compared to the number one receiver and the fifth receiver. You know, I think there was like a 90-point difference compared to the 13-point difference in the receivers when I broke it down. So 
Uh, I definitely recommend get on there and get on DynastyNerds.com for all our rankings and all your Dynasty needs. Uh, so on that note, we're going to wrap up this episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, get us on Twitter, at DynastyNerdMike. I'm at Dynasty, or I'm at Dynasty Matt, sorry. <laughs> and I'm at Dynasty Rich, and you can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds to get all the latest articles. And we appreciate you guys listening, guys, and uh, thanks, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, guys. Bye. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.